Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. As we get started here this morning, uh, I want to ask you this question, and, and, and maybe before I ask you this question, kind of get you thinking around this, but at some point you've come to understand that there is a difference in mindsets of God provided this versus I did this. And do you know what I mean when I say that, where we recognize we're like, I'm the man, or for you ladies, you're the woman, Right? And you, you've done what it is that you've accomplished versus coming to a place where we recognize that, you know what, I'm even in this position because of God. The reason why this door has opened is because of God. He's the one that's made a way. He's the one that stepped in. He's the one whom all blessings flow. It's because of God. Now, who here loves to accomplish things? We all like to accomplish things, right? It's, it's, it's nice. We like that. We like to set goals and accomplish. You know what? I want to do this, and boom, I accomplish. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Do you know one of the worst feelings in the world? To be good at starting something and never finishing anything. Doesn't that not feel good? That doesn't feel good, right? It feels great. You're excited. Oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be so great, and it's going for a little bit, and then we don't finish. And we don't finish what we start. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. It's one of those things that will begin to eat at you and begin to tear at you. But when we do accomplish and we do cross that line, the truth is that we're all tempted with something. You see, our victories provide the temptation to take the glory. To say, you know what? Look what I did. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've earned. Look what I did with these hands. Look what I did right here. Look, look how I made this happen. Now, my son enjoys sports like many young boys, and he happens to be pretty good at basketball and soccer. But try teaching a six, seven, and eight-year-old to be humble. It's tougher than it might seem. Now, he's eight now, and he gets it a little bit better but at six and seven, I mean, try talking to the brother about being humble. I mean, you know, he'd go and he'd play basketball and be on a team. And he'd score a shot against the other, uh, the other team, and he'd go up to the parents and the crowd and the people, and he's like, you know, it's Dame time, you know, or, you know, he'd go, you know, he's go, ooh, it's cold in here, you know, he's tra- tra-, you know, he, he does all these things, and he'd come around, he's going to like, oh, oh, too short. I'm like, son, you're the shortest guy out here, yeah. <laughs> But he just, he has this way of like, you know, he just, he's just full of confidence, full of confidence. This last year, I got to coach his soccer team, which was a lot of fun. And there was one time where he, he, he wasn't able to make it to a game and the team lost. And so that next week in practice, again, keep in mind, I'm the coach. And the next week in practice, he's like, oh man, we lost, huh? I was like, yeah, if I was there, we would have won. And I was like, on that day, I had a whole lot to teach him on humility, Son, come on, Papa, (laughs) you know, son, stay humble. Listen, there is nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with putting in the work. There's nothing wrong with going after your dreams and accomplishing great things. But who gave you the ability to work hard? 
Who opened the door for you? Whose favor are you living in? Who answered your prayer request? Who gave you the strength in your body? Who gave you the strength in your mind? You see, the psalmist says in 115 and verse 1, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. You see, the psalmist recognized that, yeah, it is true that we've been able to do these things and accomplish these things, and we, we did take a part of this, but God, not to me be the glory. You be the glory. To, 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 would it be about you? Would we celebrate your hand in it all? You're the one who made a way. You're the one who opened the door. You're the one who gave us the victory. See, I have knowledge because God has given it. I have strength because God has given it. In Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Amen. Listen, there's so much to the context of what the Apostle Paul, excuse me, what the Apostle John is, is, is writing here, what he's recording. But I want us to understand here, all of this is a reminder to us of what God has gave us, what he's given us, what he gives us, and what he will give us. Amen. And so this morning we take a look at a passage in Genesis chapter 22. And we see the life of Abraham. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at Abraham. And Abraham discovered that God is El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. This time, we're going to see him in Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to look at the first 14 verses. Before God had promised him to give him a son. And, God, and Abraham, Abram looked at that as like, how? I'm an old man. How can you possibly do that? Now he has his son. And so God reveals to him himself again and we all get to learn and know him by name so let's jump into this genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 14 and it says this now it came about after these things that god tested someone say tested abraham and said to him abraham and he said here I am. Now, there's something very important to pay attention into the reply of Abraham. It matches the reply of both Moses and in Samuel. In fact, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says this, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. He responds accordingly. Look how Samuel re responds in 1 Samuel 3, 4. Then, then, this, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. You see, they each recognize God's voice and respond accordingly. That when you, when God would speak to you, you'd say, okay, God, here I am. You'd learn to respond and respond accordingly to what he's saying, to what he's trying to communicate Church, do you recognize God's voice in your life? Can you determine what's his voice and what's something else that is not his voice? And when you begin to recognize his voice and begin to recognize the leading, the, 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 the direction that he's trying to tell you, would you trust him with what he's saying to you? Okay, back to Abraham, verse 2. And then he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, 
and offer him them, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I will tell you. Now this is heavy, and it's gonna get it's gonna get heavier. But what's happening here is a matter of trust. And I want us all to get this. This is a matter of trust. Well, you trust. Because God has given to Abraham when Abraham didn't have anything. And he said, son, here you go. I'm going to bless you. You didn't have this, Abraham. You didn't have none of this. I'm giving you. I am El Shaddai. I am the Lord God Almighty. I'm the one that's putting this in your hands. Don't be confused that you did anything about this. I'm the one that put this in your hands. And so now, in Genesis chapter 22, he's asking him now, will you trust me? See, you already trusted me. Will you trust me now? Will you trust me? And on a couple of levels, and I want to point this out, that there are different levels of trust. Because the first time he asks him to trust him, it's to get up and move. In fact, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, The Lord said to Abram, before his name was Abraham, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Major trust to get up, leave your country, leave your people, leave your tribe, leave your, take your family and get up and go. Go where? Go over there. I'm going to show you. Right? No, no Google. No Yelp, no pictures, online pictures. Ooh, it looks nice. Yeah, God's going to send us over there. It's going to be nice. They didn't have none of that. Just get up and go. Major trust in God. And guess what Abram does? He goes. It's the first time he trusts God. The second time he trusts God is when God shows up and says, I'm El Shaddai. I'm going to give you a child. You're old. I get it, but I'm about to give you. You don't have, but I'm going to give you. Some of you need to begin to recognize that what you have, God gave you. God's the one that put it in your hands. God's the one that made it available to you. God's the one that gave you the understanding. God's the one that's made a way. Who answered your prayer request? It was God who showed up. God is the one to do that. And so God gives him a second time and says, here, I'm going to give you a child. Do you trust me? God gives him a child. And now here's the third time. Now that I've placed something in your hands, Abraham, well, you trust me again. Levels of trusts. Levels of where he wants to take you. And with each level comes his promise, comes his blessing, comes the good things that God wants to do in your life. But you're going to have to trust him with where you're at right now. Now, I told you this gets heavier. It says this in verse 3. So Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he split wood, split wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to a place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw that place from a distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took it in his hands and the fire on his and uh, took his, the, in his hands the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Verse seven. Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, "My father," and he said, "Here I am, my son." And he said, "Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering?" And then verse eight is so key for every single one of us. 
Abraham said, God will provide for himself the land for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Having the ability to speak out what you know God to be good and faithful and God to provide, even when you don't see it yet. You don't see it yet. You haven't experienced yet. You haven't tasted it yet. But to be able to declare, you know what? God is going to do it. God is going to provide. Okay, we'll come back to that. Verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am again, responding accordingly. He recognizes God's voice. Verse 12, and he said, do not reach out your hand against the boy and do not do anything to him. For I know that you fear God. I, reckon, I can see in you as someone that has reverence for God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And then Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You see, Abraham is faced with the ultimate test. Trust me with what I've placed in your hands. And I get it. It's near. It's dear to you. It's important. It's everything. It's life. But I'm the one that's put it in your hands. Will you trust me? And in this way, God reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. God, God, God shows up and he says, listen, I can see that you're someone who, who has reverence for me. I can see you're someone who, who, who desires to honor me. And in that way, I provide, I make a way, I show up. But there's some people that are looking for God to be Jehovah Jireh and won't even trust God with what he's already given you. Won't even use well with what God has already given you. But God, be Jehovah Jireh. And God's like, I'm still looking and waiting for you to be good with what I already gave you. I'm still willing for you to, to trust me with what I already gave you. You, you trying to jump over there, and God's like, listen, would you just handle right here? I am Jehovah Jireh, God says. I will provide. I am the Lord who will provide. See, our Heavenly Father, we must recognize him as Jehovah Jireh. But how should this change the way I live my life? Well, listen, let me say this to us. Trust God with little and receive little. Trust God with more and receive more. What's God placed in your hands? What has God given you? He is good and he's faithful. You know, for this last year, my daughter had been asking for a puppy, like a whole year. Mommy and daddy can have a puppy. Mommy and daddy can have a puppy. Mommy and daddy can have a puppy. She got her puppy. Before she got her puppy, my wife and I, we told her, we'll see. We'll see. She's like, well, what does that mean? That means no, huh? <laughs> and I said, I said, no. What it means is let's see how you handle your responsibilities in the house. Let's see how you treat your siblings. Let's see how you do as a student. 
And you might think, well, that's a lot of responsibility for a nine-year-old. Pastor, just give her the puppy. But, but I believe that if you want more, I need to see that I can trust you with what I've already given you. Right? If you, if, when you give too easily without someone appreciating the fight or the sacrifice or the hard work or putting in the time, the energy, it's not appreciated the same. Right? It's, it's mistreated. It's thrown to the side. It's not taken care of. It's not, it's, it's, there's not a grateful heart when someone doesn't put in the time to appreciate what, they, what, they, what the journey and what they already have. These are the basic principles of God's provision. You know, Jesus tells a story. He tells this, this parable. It's called the parable of the talents. Is the master. He's going to go away on a, on a trip. But before he goes on away on a trip, he leaves uh, three of his servants with responsibility. He says, okay, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. And I'm going to give you this. He says, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you this responsibility. And as he goes, he goes away on the trip, and then he comes back, and he says, okay, let me see how you handled what I gave you. What did I give you over here? How did you handle that? How did you handle that? How did you handle that? And he goes that, and in Matthew chapter 25, and verse 21, he says here to one of his servants, his, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, what I want us to understand is this. God gives greater to those he can trust with what he's already given them. So he's looking at, what have I put in your care? Your care. Not your neighbor's care. What have I put in your care? How are you handling that? Do well in that, and I'll bless. Do well. And some people want to jump to bless and don't want to take care of what they got. And allow God to work in that. Say you come before the Lord and you say, God, well, you know what? I really want to have greater understanding of your word. I want to have greater understanding of your spirit. But you're not willing to spend time in his presence. You're not willing to spend time in his word. But God, give me great knowledge of your word. But you don't spend time in his word. You have to be willing to spend time. You have to be willing to put in here and allow God to work there before you're worried about something else. See, Abraham trusts God. In verses 10 through 12, it says this, And Abraham reached out with his hand, and he took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Don't reach out your hand against the boy, and do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. See, what a lot of people need to understand, it's not that God ever meant to harm Isaac. Isaac was God's gift, part of the promise to Abraham of what God wanted to do. It's not that God ever meant any harm, that God was ever going to do that. But God needed to see, if I'm going to give you something, and if if I'm going to give you more, I need to see if I can trust you. Don't you think for one second that this you have what you have because you did it by yourself. I'm the one that opened the door. I'm the one that made the way. I'm the one that gave you the strength. I'm the one that gave you the wisdom. I'm the one that provided for you. And if I'm the one that put it in your hands, well, you trust me with what I've given you, and I'll give you more. I'll make a way. I'll open the door. You'll, you'll walk in my favor in such a way that we're like, how? Come to the place and say, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Because I know who provides for me. I know who makes a way. I know who opens doors. 
So church, I ask you today, what do you need to trust the Lord with? Identify that area. Identify those areas. What is it that you need to trust the Lord with? And I also ask you, what do you need the Lord to provide? What is it? Maybe there's an area that you can think of right now. God, I can really, God, what is it that you need the Lord to provide? What is it that you need him to do? What is, what, what, what is that? What do you need the Lord to show up and do? You know, could you be in a season right now where the Lord is seeing how you handle what he's already given you? Could you be in that season right now where he's saying, okay, let me examine, examine how you handle with what I've already given you. And I guess God's over here, he's like, hmm, I wonder, are they going to give me the glory for that? Are they going to recognize my hand in that? Are they going to recognize that I, it was me here who was working things out? And will you trust him for even the things to come? You know, and as part of this, church, I think it's so important that we begin to learn just the way that Abraham does and speak out by faith what you don't even have, but trust that God will provide. And I love what happens here in verse 8. You know, Abraham and Isaac are walking up the hill, and Isaac questions, questions, you know, where's, where's, the, where's the burnt offering? And Abraham replies to him. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Could you imagine the conversation? Because, I, I mean, you, you can imagine. Okay, so Isaac is carrying the wood on his back. His dad is carrying the fire and the knife. And they're going to a place, at least God gave him a region this time, Moriah, somewhere in, the, in, in this vicinity. And then he identifies the place of where they're going to go. And so they go. But, but the son is like, okay, dad, like, uh, you know, I've been around for a while. Usually there's like, a, like, a, like an offering we give the Lord. I don't see it. Uh, what's going on, you know? Like he knows. He, he knows. And, 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 and so he's asking where, where it's at. And, but can you imagine the dad's side? Would you imagine this woman, the dad's side? There, there's, there's the son, but the dad. Okay, whoo, this is getting heavy. God, but I watched you provide back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, when you told me to go to a land I didn't know. I watched you show up and make a way. And then when you told me that I would have a son and you declared to me that you were El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, I trusted you again. And so now I'm walking with my son and I know what you've given me and the promise that he is and the things that you have for me. And I know, but I declare right now in verse 8 that you will provide. That God will do it. That he will do it. I don't see it yet. I don't, it, it's not right here in front of me. But the Lord will provide. And you begin to speak out what, by faith what you don't even have. Because you know he's good. Because you know he's faithful. Because you are his child and he loves you. And he wants to do good things in your life. And so you don't even see it. But the Lord will provide. And Abraham declares this. Remind, I can imagine Abraham just even reminding himself, God's got this. God did it. He's going to do it again. And each of you, don't you ever forget that you are a walking, living, breathing, miracle, proof, evidence of who God is. Aren't you? If God did it in you, what makes you think he's done? Oh, he's, he's off the job. He must be on vacation. He retired. No. 
He's still on the job and he's still working things out. He's still working in your life and he still loves you. He's got this. He's got you. In Jesus' name. You know what I find interesting about this whole moment is that in the Hebrew language, the word here, provide, is actually the word see. Meaning, meaning this, and when we look at this again in the original, and it looks here when it's translated, it means the word see. That when, when he says that he will provide, it's because he looks and examines. He sees the need, but you know what else he's looking for? He's looking to see if you'll trust. He's looking to see if you got any faith. Is there any faith? Okay. Is there any trust? Is there anybody here in this trust? I, I know that there's a need, but he's looking. And as he sees what's taking place, it's him who will provide. It's him who will make a way. It's him. He, don't, don't you think for one second that his eyes don't see you. That his eyes don't see what's been going on. That his eyes don't see when there's faith involved, when there's trust involved, when there's worship involved, when there's declaration of who God is involved. He sees it all. In Psalms, in Psalms 33 verse 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love. The eyes of the Lord are right there. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. You see, what I want us to understand is this. God's provision should remind you that he sees you. And so if he's already done, don't you begin to think that he don't see you. Don't you begin to think that he's overlooked you. No, he, he sees but he needs to see you trusting him with what he's already given you. You, you want to step over there and, and pass go and collect 200. You want to move on to the next level and the next space and the next thing. And God's like, listen, I'm still looking. I'm trying to see you trust me right here. I'm trying to see you work this out. And God will say, okay, I'm going to come back and check on you. But I'm still just waiting for you to handle right here. You're trying to get over there. I'm trying to see. And God's like, handle this well. God's provision should remind you that he sees you. And Karen, Karen, again, I should have called you earlier. Wherever she's at, so I'm going to get her. If not, Moises, you can go. You know, some of you know that um, my, my son, he broke his elbow, right? And so we've been through a whole journey. It's, it's been a lot, but very vividly. I remember my prayer for him that morning, that morning. And so that day, picking him up, he's in the hospital room. And it seems like we're waiting for hours. We're just waiting, we're just waiting, uh, and we're trying to get help. And as we're, I finally got him settled, and they're trying to give him something for the pain, and all of that's going on, I'm like, God, wait. You heard my prayer. You heard my prayer. Do you remember my prayer? I remember my prayer. You heard my prayer. 
I mean, God, we, we talk regular. Like, you know, we. God, do you remember my prayer for my son? And look where we're at. Why are we in here, God? You remember my prayer. Why are we in here? And God speaks to me and says, will you trust me? See, I remember when we were, my wife was pregnant with my son. My son was growing in, in my wife's womb. And um, we had this home kit monitor thing where you can listen to the baby's heartbeat at home. And so just for fun, every day we'd put that thing on, uh, put a little jelly on her stomach and just kind of listen to the heartbeat. It was fun. And so we would do that every night. We did that with Arabella, Jonah, and Ariela. And one particular night we'd put it on and we couldn't hear the heartbeat, could not hear Jonah's heartbeat at all. And so just to be safe and to be, you know, cautious we uh we went to the hospital so we got there and we showed up and you know they began to you know do the, the put on the big machine to check and and sure enough they can't find his heartbeat cannot find his heartbeat and they say okay you know what something must be wrong with this machine so they go back and get another machine they wheel it in and they do the same thing and they put the jelly on her stomach and they they can't find the heartbeat cannot find the heartbeat and they said, well, let's go get a more experienced technician. This, this lady, she's young. She don't, she don't really know. And I'm like, okay, guys, this is serious. So the experienced lady comes in and does it, and they cannot find his heartbeats. And you think about all the time. There's several hours from when we were at home all the way to when, you know, we're here and all this time has passed. We're drove to the hospital, checked in the hospital. We've been waiting. They wheeled in a second machine all this time and they cannot find his heartbeat. So my wife and I, we come to the side and I just grab her hand and we just start crying. We start crying. And we start crying out to the Lord. God, you gave us, this is you. God, what's happening now? We're just crying out to the Lord. And so a lady comes back in and she says, you know what, okay, let's try one more time. Holding my wife's hand, I let her hand go and put her over there. And all of a sudden in the distance, you could hear this little heart just boom, boom, boom. And then it starts to grow stronger and stronger. So now I'm back in the hospital room with my son. His elbow's broken and he's there. And I'm like, God, you heard my prayer that morning. It's vivid. It's like a, a prayer I cannot forget. You know my prayer that morning. And he says, son, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Who gave you what you have? Do you trust me? trust me <laughs> brothers and sisters God is simply looking for you to trust him with what he's already given you what has he placed in your hands already will you trust him and as you grow and you learn in your faith you will learn 
that your trusts will grow in God. And you'll have to learn to trust, but you'll have to begin to say thank you to God. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Which circumstances? All of them. Not just, the cele- not just the celebrations where we got the balloons and the jump houses and the whatever it is that you got going on. But in all circumstances, it says, for this is the will of God. Well, I'm trying to figure out the will of God for my life. Give thanks in all circumstances. Begin there. Before you're trying to get to anywhere else, just give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Brothers and sisters, he is Jehovah Jireh. 100% he is the Lord who will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. But he must trust you with what he's already given you. So here's our challenge. Here's our challenge. Would you write a list of five things that God has given you and thank him? Just make a list. I'm sure you can come up with way more than five. But God, I've seen you do it then. I've seen you do it then. You're doing it right now. You did this. You did that. I have all of my salvation. Let me make sure that's on there on the top of the list. God, all these things. Who could have pulled me? I got you know. And, and, and begin to thank him for that. And then make another list of at least three things that you need that you need and begin to thank him for what you don't even have yet but just thank him that he's Jehovah Jireh thank him that he can step into any situation and he can heal it transform it set it free make a way do the miracle he can do it but you need to declare that he is Jehovah Jireh he is the Lord God who will provide he is the Lord God who sees and he's looking to see not just the need but those who will trust him with what he's already given you And he is Jehovah Jireh. So let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and all that you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and you're speaking and you're tugging at hearts and you're ministering to your people and you're strengthening and you're encouraging and you're revealing and you're giving us understanding and you're convicting and you're encouraging and strengthening and all the wonderful things you're doing, Holy Spirit. Father, we come to this place of surrender. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. We bless you. We need you. May we live like your Jehovah Jireh. May we walk with Jehovah Jireh. May we speak out the name Jehovah Jireh. May we trust Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We bless you. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our sacrifice. You are worthy of our worship. You are are worthy of our humility and our bowing down before you. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy. Oh, Father, we bless you. Would you stand with me, church? Just continue to pray just right where you're at. Would you stand with me? Father, we love you, we worship you, we praise you, we bless you, we receive your word for our life.
continue to do your good work. Ladies, you just, maybe just come. I don't, you just, just come. We bless the Lord. If you're here this morning, you say, hey, you know, the truth is I haven't really been living right with God. And, but I want to, I want to get right with God. I want to follow him. I, I want to be about it. I, I really want to be a Christ follower. And I recognize the error of my ways. It's nothing that I don't know. But I do know that if God can forgive me, then I want to be forgiven. And if he can love me, then I want his love. And if that's you, would you quickly just, would you just put up your hand and then down? You say, I want to follow Christ. Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, I see your hands. Anybody else? That's beautiful. In addition to that, if there's anything today that weighs heavy on your heart, Listen, I've talked to you a lot about this being a stage, but I've also tried to teach us all that this is an altar where we come and we bring before the Lord and we make a covenant with him. And so if there's anything today where you say, you know what, I need to begin to trust God with that, would you come and you just come, come forward and say, God, I trust you. May your steps be steps of faith declaring to him who you are and what he's doing in your life. This is for everybody. This is for all of us. Let God do his miracle working power in your life. So the ladies are going to sing a song. If you've raised your hand, come forward. If there's something that you were going to declare before the Lord, I trust you with God. I need you to make a way. God, do the miracle. Come forward. And let's just worship the Lord. Just spend just a few minutes just worshiping the Lord. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our surrendering to him. He's worthy. So let's worship the Lord. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash es. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P-D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.